In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, on this final day of the Christmas liturgical season, we commemorate the Feast of the Baptism of our Lord. This is always one of those feasts that seem, all, seem confusing because we usually associate baptism with the washing away of original sin or becoming a child of God. We're familiar with the concept of baptism on how it applies to us, but we're probably scratching our heads and wonder why did Jesus, the Son of God, who is sinless, came forward to receive the baptism of repentance from John the Baptist. When I was teaching freshmen in high school, this was always the question that the kids would ask me in class. Why did Jesus need to be baptized if he is without sin? We can look for the answer to this question in the writings of the fathers of the church. St. Gregory of Nazianzen from the 4th century and one of the Eastern fathers of the church wrote, Perhaps he comes to sanctify his baptizer. Certainly he comes to bury our sinful humanity in the waters. He comes to sanctify the Jordan for our sake and in readiness for us. As Jesus rises from the waters, the world rises with him in order that we become a living force for all mankind. Now I want you to sit with those images for a moment and think about the implications of these words. Our identity, our very life, our very being has been intricately reconfigured at our baptism. No longer are we just mere creatures of God. We are now co-heirs. We are now partners and sons and daughters of God the Father. This is a remarkable claim. And I think we've forgotten how special baptism is. But also how uniquely mystical. One of the things that has saddened me over the years is how baptism has become so superficial. We think of the cute stuff, the dress, the ceremony, the celebration, and us, and us asking our friends to be godparents. But you know what? All of those things are secondary to what it's about. And they completely miss the point. Baptism is about becoming a new creation. Baptism is about enabling us to receive the gift of supernatural grace into our souls. The, the, the life, the divine life of God. Which enables us to receive the other graces of the sacraments. It opens the doors to the other sacraments. And ultimately, the sacraments make us sharers of the gift of eternal life. And you might say, okay, Father, this all sounds very fascinating, but aren't, aren't you complicating things a bit too much? Well, no. Baptism, as I've said, is the doorway to the other sacraments and the doorway to eternal life. Sure, God in His divine wisdom and providence can certainly work around that. But baptism is the ordinary way or the ordinary means by which we receive the gift of grace and the gift of eternal life. How do we know? Well, it's what Jesus taught and commanded. He said in 
The Gospel of Matthew chapter 28, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Those were His words. Our Lord was very explicit. He didn't say, oh yeah, you know, baptize them when you get a chance. Baptize them and, you know, everybody can make it for the party. His last will and testament before He left us was what? Go and baptize. And so baptism is a divine command because it is the ordinary way that we are able to be reconfigured to receive the grace of the divine life and salvation. That's why unless we have very serious reasons, we should never really delay a child's baptism. It's like telling God, hey, I know you have an awesome gift for my child, but you know what, can you just wait until the football season is over? You know, I really don't want to miss the Eagles. And here's the other thing too. Because it is such a serious undertaking that has eternal consequences, we can't simply look at baptism as a cute little ceremony or an excuse for a party. And we can't simply select godparents because they are, they are our friends or relative and we want to honor them. We bring our children to be baptized. And God is making a commitment to us. But we are also making a commitment to Him. A commitment to bring up our child and teach him or her the ways of the Catholic faith. To follow the commandments, yes. To be good, to be good and kind, yes, of course. But it's more than that. To be courageous and act against evil. To make choices that pleases God more than it pleases society. To live a life of virtue and to strive for holiness. To be faithful to the sacraments, especially the sacrament of penance and the sacrament of the Eucharist. To live a life that places one's complete trust in the Lord. That is why the church insists that when we choose godparents, that they should meet certain qualifications. Namely, that they should be Catholics in good standing and Catholics who practice their faith. Why? Because godparents and godparents cannot give to their children what they don't have. They can't give the Catholic faith if they don't believe and practice the Catholic faith. It makes sense to me. And because the sacrament of baptism is so important, so crucial, again, we simply cannot be careless in our selection of godparents. I can't tell you how many times parents have come to me over the years and shared with me how they've regretted, regretted their decision in selecting certain godparents for their children. So many of them picked someone simply because they were a friend or family member that they didn't want to offend. They were nice people. They were good people, but they're not necessarily good Catholics, or at least Catholics who are willing to try hard enough to be a good one. To those of you who might be in a position, or someday in a position to select godparents, or even choosing a sponsor for confirmation, please keep these things in mind. Don't just pick someone because they're nice and kind to you. Do not risk the salvation and the, and of, 
your, your salvation and the salvation of the souls of your children to your own affection or allegiance to a friend or a family member. Make sure that whoever you choose will truly serve as a model of Christian virtue and holiness for your children. Not just for that one occasion, but for the rest of their lives. The baptism of Christ reminds us of the seriousness of our own baptism and how we have a responsibility to ensure that we and our children will always remember the dignity of such an awesome gift from God. Perhaps more than ever, as we face unprecedented shifts in our society, we need to regain the awareness of our Christian dignity and vocation. As children of God, we place our trust and confidence not in any of the establishments of this world, but on Almighty God, who calls all of us by the virtue of our baptism to be a light to the nations by being a light of Christ for one another. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.